This podcast is very proudly brought to you by my new book, From Peasants Food to Superfoods. This book is based on cooking for the entire family and it guides cooks from all experiences on how to integrate healthy foods into everyday life. I know it's easy to stick to the same old things every week with a family to feed and a budget to stick to, but eating nutritious and delicious food every night is achievable and affordable. Learning how to use, prepare, and incorporate new and old ingredients into tasty and exciting food is what I love doing. So I have put this book together. It's over 300 pages. There's over 100 simple, nutritious recipes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts. Most of it's gluten-free, dairy-free. It's very gut-healing, very anti-inflammatory, and I hope that you will love it as much as I have, putting it together and (laughs) bringing it to life. So if you would like to check it out, learn more, or order it, jump online at www.mgherbs.com.au. And thanks for bringing us the podcast today. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Today, I have the immense pleasure of chatting to my quasi-boss at the Wellness Couch. Uh, He is the ever-inspiring, perpetual, positive force, and he's unmistakably himself, the one and only Marcus Pierce. Thank you for coming on. Oh, Mel, I've never been called someone's boss, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's just comfortably with me. Can we come up with a different you're, title? You're I'm not your boss. boss. But in, in saying boss. that, uh, I said to someone um, when we had our recent wellness summit, sometimes if I'm in a if I'm in a really cranky mood, Cindy O'Meara gives me the uh, Hail Hitler salute. <laughs> um, and if I'm in a really good laid back mood, I'm like Charlie, and they're like Charlie, and I, they're like my angels. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I might come across as a little bit bossy, but uh, oh gee whiz, I'm definitely not your boss. You've no way. Gotta, you've got to be bossy to get anywhere. Just, just so everyone knows here, we are all on an equal plane. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I chose the word quasi because it's like mm, kind of, but not really. Exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Just when it comes to events and. Uh, Yes, and I'm, I, and I'm, I'm being a, a Nazi on time and yep. do this and do that, then it definitely comes across as I just think that's bossy. respectful for everybody to be on time and to follow the schedule and sometimes you've got yes. to be bossy to get places in life. So Yes, yep. for all listeners of The Naked Naturopath, whenever you're at an event that is multi-speaker and a speaker goes over time, I want you to think about what impact that has on every other speaker. Absolutely. Yes, and that's I'm, why people like me are very big on it because uh, <laughs> I have a I'm renowned for giving life bans to speakers that go over time mm-hmm. because um, not because I care I care for the attendees and it's a it's a big yeah. deal I care for the attendees and the speakers that then get time chopped I totally agree care. did you but anyway notice? that's not why I'm on today you're gonna no. you're just you're gonna you're gonna start pushing my buttons let's but, not push those buttons but did you notice I finished with thirty seconds to spare. I think you were remarkable, yes, Mel, and I, and I just saw some of the feedback <laughs> from the Wellness Summit and uh, you, there was so much there. I wonder if I can read it out live as we uh, record this because it's only just come through yeah. from our team. I asked them for some uh, responses on each of the attendees and I saw wow. yours this morning when I was reading it at about 
505. Very interesting topic. This is about you. Very interesting topic and so important. Found it relatable and informative for me to take note of what I choose to eat. Now, the one uh, that came in, well, there's two others here. Mel did a great job in explaining toxicity in the body. I enjoyed her first point where she asked us to breathe in and then told us we inhaled 70,000 toxins. 700,000. Um, what was it? 700,000. 700,000. Oh, a typo from our, <laughs> our VA. And then um, what else have we got? A great talk on toxicity in our life and simple tips on how to live a healthier life. Oh, that's so, awesome. There you go. I actually recorded there. it for um, the podcast. So it'll be like it comes out next week, but two weeks before you will come out. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Nice. So it'll be there for everyone to listen in again. And um, yeah, hopefully take some tips. And I'm so glad people enjoyed it. That's what you no, want. Well, that's that's why we wanted yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's very difficult. Thirty different hosts to um, yeah. give everyone, I suppose, equal time. But I think some topics are really good in a in a ten minute yeah. section because, well, personally for me, toxicity it's so important mm-hmm. to cover it. But if we get too down and dirty on it, it kind of gets um, somewhat overwhelming oh, and yeah. dispiriting. Yeah, it's depressing. Um, I love what you said <laughs> in your talk where you're like. Um, it was like halfway through and you yeah. said, okay, so we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't we all dead? <laughs> you know. Why aren't um, we all dead? Yeah. yeah. What was that? Why aren't we all dead? Yeah. Why aren't we all dead? Yeah. That's it. So, you know, I think it's it's nice for people not to get bogged down mm. in it, but it's an important topic mm. to have a real acute awareness of. Yeah, you know? definitely. And they can, um, you know, they can jump online and like for 39 bucks at the moment do a two-week detox program, which is not just a weight loss kind of fatty situation it's like a detox your home detox your lifestyle all that kind of stuff as well so yeah, it's a really nice. good, good one well, to get do. on board listeners get on board yes now i'm so pleased to have you on this episode because it will be my 60th episode ah, nice. yeah and i just feel like that's a you know milestone um that is a milestone yeah we've been uh that's like so fortnightly weekly fortnightly weekly all these different things and i've just gone back to fortnightly and i did a whole podcast on why for my, you know, my mental health and where I'm at. Self-care. With this, yeah, my self-care. Um, but I'm really excited to, yeah, have you on for my 60th episode. I That's just, great. Yeah. Five times thinking five times 12. I don't know why I'm thinking five times 12, 10 times six, <laughs> 10 times four. The, look, the only maths that I do is adding up herbs. So I can't help you there. <laughs> Look, be some numerolo- num- numerology yeah. <laughs> now number 60. But I love, I love what you do because you have evolved from a different life, which you talk about in many different um, platforms, you know, on your different podcasts. And you talked about it at the Wellness Summit, um, you know, when you spoke about time, but evolving from a different life where you were were essentially a different kind of person. But what I love to hear in your podcast and when you speak and um, the reason I find you so positive and motivating is because you, you're not trying to be anyone else and you're not afraid to be yourself. And I would love to hear what you have to say and where you've come from and how you develop that confidence in, in oh, what you say. Wow, wow. Well, the first thing is, let me tell you the most important story. This morning up here in uh, the Byron Shire, it was raining and I said, I'm not going to wear my normal normal outfit because I didn't want it to get wet and muddy. Um, so I put on my sneakers, which have orange, fluoro orange laces. I'm actually wearing them right now. This is the whole story. With, I put your, on my sneakers. with that red jumper. Yeah, I put on some oh, wow. jeans and a red jumper. I didn't care how I looked. Right? And then I put on my old Channel 9 it's, a, it's my rain jacket. It yeah. was from the Commonwealth Games 2006. Oh. <laughs> it's the only rain jacket I have because it was raining. And when it's raining at the market, 
I always put it on. And then so I got home, I got all the groceries into the into the fridge and the rest, packed up my laptop, ducked down to my cafe uh, to do my work, and then realised an hour into being at the cafe that I still had on my bright orange runners with my funny <laughs> jeans and my red country road woolly jumper, <laughs> and I felt like Jerry Seinfeld took a photo of my, of my sneakers and my jeans and sent it to my wife and my sisters just for a little laugh because life's a bit too yeah. serious, we all need to laugh. Yeah. And in true in true SMS fashion, my sisters send me a couple of giffies of Jerry Seinfeld doing his thing. <laughs> um, and it just reminded me, sometimes you just got to laugh, you know. Yeah. Like I think I think if I was 18, I would have like had a heart murmur that I was so <laughs> like, unfashionable. But um, Race but, time um, to get I, changed. I can't be fashionable to save myself. And I think uh, if you know your limits, um, know your limits, but also know where your genius and your magic lies. And uh, both of them are poles apart, but they're often it takes the same level of courage to identify both. Um, I think life's a hell of a lot easier to live because you just don't waste so much time trying to be like others. So that might seem like a completely inappropriate story, but for me, it's kind of the story of my life. Just make all of the mistakes, quote unquote mistakes, um, and and just butcher your way through it all. But as long as you do it your own way, people love you for it. And it's funny, some of the things people say to me these days are so not the things that I would um, associate with myself. Some people tell me I'm funny. I'm like, are you serious? I like, think I was I've always this whole podcast. so not funny. But I think anyone that is themselves will generally have a magnetism to others um, and that's a beautiful thing and it, it, it's a magnetism like whether you're shy, it's a, uh, like that's alluring to, to some people because they want to get to know mm-hmm. that person more. If you're an extrovert and you and you love that you're an extrovert, that's got magnetism. Like looking at the feedback, Wendy Stewart, who also did yes. one of the 10-minute um, uh, presentations at the summit that has the Wendy's Way podcast, she's so extroverted. There's no way you could make her shy. Yeah. And people absolutely loved her presentation um, because she's just who she is. My mum even called me during the week and said, oh, that Wendy bird, she's just amazing. Like, <laughs> what an incredible effort, 50 kilos, and she's yeah. kept it off and she keeps on going. And um, and that's just Wendy's story. And she's I think, coming you know, on too. She's coming on, on to speak to me in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so it'll be really good. You know, but I think what you said at the beginning is that all of this stuff about being you, it's not a quick fix. Like yeah. I know personally for me, yes, it has taken years. It's taken plenty of time and I would say, you know, plenty for me, plenty of money in, in, in spending money on my own personal growth. I've done, um, Sarah and I, my wife and I did so much uh, Tony Robbins and John D. Martini yes. in our 20s when, when we loved it. Like we spent, well, I always laugh and joke, we spent houses on personal growth whilst mm-hmm. all of our friends were buying houses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I even said at the summit, like I feel like a multi-billionaire in areas of my life, probably just not in my bank balance, yeah. <laughs> but I don't lose any sleep over money and I have yeah. plenty of people that have all the money in the world and they still go to sleep, they still go to bed, you know, thinking about money. And I think um, we've got to be really clear on what our priorities are in our life. Don't get me wrong, I've got nothing wrong with earning bucket loads of money. I think money, particularly as I said at the summit, you know, you look at our sponsors and our exhibitors and I just emailed them all today just saying, you know, you guys put your money on the line um, and that wouldn't, we couldn't have a wellness summit without their Mm. investment, which is really their show of trust in what we do at the Wellness Couch with our events. Um, And that allows all of the attendees to be able to have that community and that connection and really that opportunity to identify you know who they are what are they about 
what's important to them, um, what's not important to them, and, and, and helping them develop the courage to make those decisions. Yeah, so true. I can't imagine. I Sam and I, you know, we both work for ourselves and we live with my parents, so we, we don't even have the, you know, possible maybe house at the moment. And I can't imagine choosing a different life for us. We have so much time with our baby and my parents get to see her all the time and um, sometimes you want to pull your hair out, but we we would choose that kind of um, wealth over the money situation for sure. And for if you look sure. at the people that live the greatest, longest lives, they're the ones that know that if, if, that if their financials mm-hmm. all went uh, down the toilet, they've got family. Yeah, they've got um, and, it, and because they've got family, they've often got food. Yes, they've got people around them, so they've got a social connection. They've got a network around them, um, and they've got a culture and mm. a tradition within that family yes. that can support them. But so many people, and I know we're not really on topic here, but who cares? So many people. <laughs> go on a pursuit to just earn as much money as they can. But in the process of doing that, they, they isolate themselves from their family. They might have marriage bust-ups. Yes. They don't get to know their kids. They become distanced from their parents or mm. their siblings. They say they have no time for their friends. And all of a sudden, you speak about mental health at the top of the episode, all of yeah. a sudden, they got all this money in the bank, but they're, they're mentally bankrupt, yeah. mentally destitute, mentally um, uh, in, in, in deficit. They're in mental debt, so yeah. to speak. Um, and then and they have to really spend all that money getting it back anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, they spend all the money trying yeah. to get their health back. That's yeah. it. So, you know, as much as as much as we've often heard this type of stuff before, I think more than ever, the foundations of an exceptional life are more important than ever because um, the social and cultural kind of evidence suggests that we are no way are we mastering this art of mm. living uh, right now. We are butchering it and um, settling for mediocrity more than we'd like to admit. Definitely. Some of my most stressed out clients are school teachers, right? And I had one in here last week and she said, my family and friends know that I'm not available during the school term. She's a, you know, she's a head teacher and she's looking after um, kids that have uh, you know, complex stresses with the HCF, uh, <laughs> HCF, <laughs> HSC, yeah, my health funds. Um, yep. You know, like, and she's like, my family and friends know they can't contact me. And then when it's school holidays, I have a week to myself to reboot despite her doing work every night still. And then she sees her family and friends. And I just thought, I could not live like that. I can't imagine not seeing my family every weekend and, you know, spending time with my friends and all that kind of stuff. And I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. But I have definitely created a life where we chose to do that over the billions of dollars. <laughs> and I think also, you know, you, your friend or so your client is a, is a great example though. It sounds to me like she's consciously – it, well, I, I, again, I could be so wrong, but she's consciously created her life. Yeah. So if she's on a mission to help children um, live the best life they mm. can, then it sounds to me like she's she gives it her full attention mm-hmm. during the term. Mm-hmm. She gives herself a week of self-care, self-replenishment in the holidays, and then she and then she dedicates herself to family and friends for a week you know, in the second part of the holidays. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like we, we all uh, – well, we're all creating our lifestyle, yeah. some of us more consciously than others. And, and I think at the stage of life where you and I are at, where we have young children, it's um, it's more important than ever to write the script. Alfred Hitchcock said that you only need three things for a great movie, a great script, a great script, and a great script. And it's exactly the same for our life. 
we have to write the script for our great life, but the challenge is we write it. Uh, unfortunately, we let social media write mm-hmm. it, traditional uh, media write it, the radio, the TV, the newspapers, um, the emails we're signed up for, the Insta-famous mm-hmm. you know, influencers mm-hmm. of the world. You know, We allow them to write our script. We're going to eat what they had for breakfast and buy the clothes that they're wearing and go on the trips or want to go on the trips that they're going on. Rather than just you know taking the time out to go, well, what do I want to make for my life, and mm. what am I going to write in my script? And I think it's just as I said, it's it's more important than ever um, yeah. that we do that. Yeah, and she is amazing and very inspiring, but she is not well, um, so I'm propping her up, you know, mm. in that time. So I worry yeah. about her. Have you listened to the quote of the day show? Yes, yeah. Sean Croxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I binge listen. I, I, I know, know. I know. I listen to it for like three months and then I, I go, oh, yes, yeah. I'll start listening to that. I'm just listening to the greatest showman soundtrack. Oh, you love it. At the moment. So yeah. I can't get off. <laughs> it's not a podcast. It's not going to. But I just, I can't get off it. I just well, Spotify um, and I'm just bouncing along on my laptop just. I, and I'm down, I've, I've found, and if everyone, anyone was at the summer, they would have heard me, I, I tracked down the instrumental soundtrack to it so I can sing without the other singers, teaching my kids that soundtrack. We should but, yeah, get a I recording like, of that. What's that? We should get a recording of you singing no, you that instrumental. That. No, you definitely that would be that. great. <laughs> well, there's a quote that has stuck with me from, you know, one of his shows, and it's Steve Jobs, and he says, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. And that really brings me back to, you know, those first kind of comments to you about not trying to be anyone else and just being super passionate about what you're doing and then sharing it. And that's what you've done with your exceptional life blueprint and, you know, your podcast and everything you do. And I just think it's really, really cool. Really cool. Well, I think the key is though, wherever people live, whatever age, whatever they're doing, um, you can't help loving whatever it is that you love to do. So I can't help my fascination with longevity, aging well, um, making the best of your life, whatever mm-hmm. age you are. You can't help what you're drawn to. You mm-hmm. know, I've interviewed you on 100 Not Out about herbalism. Like you can't help your fascination yeah. with you can't. You, so, but what? We're either taught by parents or teachers or the media is to really shut that off, to shut that intense curiosity. Wayne Dyer would call it a magnificent obsession. Mm. We're, we're taught to shut it off, but I, my, I kind of feel part of my mission is to reawaken people to, okay, well, and what am I magnificently obsessed with? And a lot of people, they haven't asked that question for years yeah. and they really have to go back to their childhood to go, well, what were you magnificently obsessed with when you were growing up? And like mm. for me, it was AFL football. I, I mean, I'm not going to bore the <laughs> listeners, but I, I knew from the age of seven what I was going to do with my life. Um, but like, And I knew that from a, you know, I, and I did that for a period of time. But I think it's, you can't help what you love to do. If you love to play the violin, well, it's not the trumpet, it's not the guitar, it's the violin. Mm. If you like to play the tuba or the ukulele or you love to dance or you love to do ballet or meditate or whatever it is, knit, sew, you know, you can't help those things. Um, I look at my boy Darby. He just loves to know how stuff works. Yeah. That's not really me. He, he loves to – he's obsessed with the sewing machine at the moment. I couldn't give a stuff about the sewing machine. <laughs> he wants to go and sew. You know, I can hardly tell you the difference between sewing and knitting. The only time I remember the difference is when I see Maya knitting something because uh, she loves to knit and Darby is sitting on Sarah's lap playing with the sewing machine. I don't know any of that stuff, but he's fascinated by yeah. it. And you, you can't help what 
are you are pulled towards. But it's the difference between inspiration and motivation. My view is, and I think I think John Martini bangs on about this, inspiration is the stuff that you are pulled towards that you are like magnetized to. Mm. Motivation, which is a very kind of corporate, let's motivate our troops and motivational speakers, is like a push. So you are being pushed towards something. And there's nothing worse than people trying to push you into something, trying to motivate you, yeah. trying to really – pick you up particularly if you're down you know those people that they're trying to motivate you to kind of come out for a drink or put a smile on your face or just forget about it yeah all the rest of it you know often makes it worse it makes it worse and so motivation as much as people you know feel like oh you know they might talk about you or me is motivating people we really like to think that we're inspiring people where where they're magnetized to us not pushed into us not on a hard sell Mm. you need my stuff or else your life won't be worth living and all the rest of it it's more like if you love what you know we're talking about and it kind of rings for you right now then come and join the ride Mm. um because the alternative, that motivation, it's really it, – it's well, one, it's short-term because you lose the motivation. But two, it's just perpetuating a culture of quick fix. Yeah. Come in, get your, get your, you know, your injection of motivation and then mm-hmm. get out and then wait till you're down in the dumps again and then come back. Whereas inspiration ideally is less volatile. It's more perpetual. It's, it, it lasts for a long time um, and it's something that you're continually drawn to. Yeah, and I, you know, like I know exactly what you're saying because I had always been fascinated by plants and herbs and health food shops and then I thought, no, I have to go to uni. That's what I should do. My parents, you know, were kind of like, you're really smart and go to uni and, and school was school was easy for me, so you're really smart. Go to, go to uni and I did that and I did two different things at uni and I hated them both and ended up back here anyway. So yep. my obsession was really what I came back to in the end and I think for a lot of people it takes a really long time to re-find that. Oh, 100%. And yeah, I think that's the, the powerful message is time. So mm. your time at uni were not wasted years. They were a reminder of really and a test of, of, of how badly you really wanted to follow your heart. Mm. Um, there are plenty of stories of people that went to uni, you know, under the wishes of their parents, kept their parents happy, did it. They were good at it. So that kind of made it okay to do it and they did it for 20 or 30 or 40 years and then get to the end of, of their life and go, oh, I did it to please. I lived my life according to the expectations yeah, of others yeah, yeah. and not according to my own dreams and wishes and, and the what-ifs come in and, you know, you don't want to die with regrets. You know, you regret know, like- living is, is massive and um, I, I do love a book by the incredible and inspirational Bronnie Ware, the top five regrets of the dying and there are millions of human beings every, every week of the – of the year that are dying with regrets and you definitely don't want to die with the regret that you lived your life according to the script mm. that others wrote for you um, and not your own. And I would go further to say that maybe then to that kind of resentment or that build-up of, you know, not achieving your life's potential does translate into chronic diseases and maybe uh, assist you in dying earlier. Oh, you're opening up the incredible <laughs> Pandora's box. But it's, uh, it's, it's remarkable. And science, thank God, actually, science will never be able to prove it, so we'll mm. always be left to wonder mm. and philosophize. But you look at enough research and, and the the, um, the evidence uh, is, is remarkable in that you look at the people that have toxic relationships with their parents and the, and their, the amount of mid-life disease mm. that occurs. 
So if you've got a poor relationship with your mum, it's a 92, but this is a Harvard study done on 126 people, I think. Um, it is 92% likelihood that you will have some form of medical crisis by your midlife, so by your wow. 50s. And if you've got a toxic um, or distant or resentful relationship with both parents, a 100% likelihood on a small sample size, so don't yeah. freak out everyone, 120 yeah. on people, but mm. 100% of people that had a toxic or distant relationship with both parents had a midlife health or medical crisis. So that could be alcoholism, it could be uh, a chronic disease like a cancer mm. or a diabetes, um, it could be some a form of heart disease, uh, but... Uh, you can't tell me that your family relationships don't have a don't have yeah. zero health um, consequence. They yeah. are incredibly linked. We just we can't join the dots um, in a in a scientific way, but we can definitely join it on a research based anecdotal level. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, Fascinating. So. You mentioned before about us possibly inspiring people, right? And I have a client who came in and couldn't believe that I was fortunate enough to be going to Melbourne and uh, spending the weekend with you, which was amazing. Despite me, personally, yeah, I mean the you. wellness couch. No, community. I mean you. I mean Marcus me? Pierce. Yes, the one and only. <laughs> legend in my own lunchbox. Come yes, on. yes. Um, and she okay. said, she said that you had changed her life. She'd never met <laughs> you, right? She'd never met you, but you had changed her life. And, um, yeah, she was super excited for me to be going to the summit with you and um, she she actually – You'll have to tell me her name once we finish All right. this. Uh, give her a can you give her a shout-out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name's Kim. Good on she, you, Kim. She knows who she is, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, she's amazing. Sort of love. Going through a tough time and um, won the double pass to come along but couldn't actually use it because um, yeah. she's got three kids and, yeah, going through a tough time. So she – she had said that to me, and I, I wonder, how do you feel? How do you feel about having that effect on people? And, like, for me, I feel like there's a great responsibility then in my words and what I say if I am going to have that effect on people. How does that sit with you? Mm, well, I'm a bit different to you because I don't want to burden myself with responsibility for others, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'll just preface this by saying I'm a selfish first child, Leo. So <laughs> I am your quintessential um, selfish child. I'm first child and, too, and, but then I feel responsibility for my brother and sister. You didn't get that? Uh, I definitely think I had it, but I feel like now that we're all in our 30s. They can look after themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and it's better having a more friendly, compassionate relationship but so I'm, I'm pretty I love we should have a dinner party conversation about this yeah because I, I feel like um so I definitely feel like my mission in life is to inspire people to go from mediocre to magnificent in all areas of mm -hmm. life not just one because mm -hmm. it's consequential and disastrous if they just are magnificent in one mm -hmm. right but the best way for me to do that is to be an incredible husband a wonderful dad a great brother son friend and so forth and then just my gift of the gab and my love of talking with others <laughs> will allow the rest to occur if that makes sense yeah i don't tell people i'm not some um you know i've never done an nlp course thank god for me i've never done a i've done a lot of leadership training and i'm sure i've done you know like certifications but i don't tell people that i've got all of these degrees I'm a, i've got a journalism degree which is in this day and age it's like the it's the cheapest most unvaluable degree going around right um because i want i want everyone to know that we are all the same as yes. i said at the beginning 
we're on the same level here. Um, and and with our, our, list, uh, our the lovely Kim, who says that I've changed her life. Well, that's beautiful, but Kim's changed her life. Kim yeah. heard me say some things that resonated, and she had the courage to go out and commit to whatever it is that she wanted to go and do. So half the time, ninety nine percent of the time, in fact, I'm just spinning the same stuff that I've been learning, but I share it in my own way. Yeah. So whether it's from Bob Proctor, I've got a great book here called Mastery by Robert Green, which I love to share stories of. I shared the story of Temple Grandin at the Wellness Summit, who uh, is autistic and essentially changed the way that um, feedlots were designed to make mm. them more, um, how do you say, humane from an animal perspective. The animal welfare side of it is mm. just uh, incredible. But I'm still a journalist mm. at heart. I share stories. I do it in, in a way that I hope um, helps people. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm male and, and what's the word, um, detached enough to not get bogged down in other people's stories because it's our stories that often hold us back. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, as a journalist, I can see that. If we let the story get in the way, if we let the story get in the way of the facts, uh, we can see stories be completely misrepresented. Um, and so I'm very big on that with human beings as well. And so I don't, I really don't let other people's, um, I love the feedback but I don't take it to heart because you know what, Mel? As soon as someone says that Marcus Pierce guy, he's a joke, he's a fraud, uh, he's a um, he's a real piece of work, I couldn't care. Like, Because yeah. if I did, then it's going to impact my performance the next time. Yeah. You know, I remember once we got um, mail, we used to have a chiropractic centre um, in Victoria and so that will turn, turn off people already because some people just hate chiropractors. We're not married to a chiropractor. <laughs> Um, but we, our, our business was called Pure Wisdom and someone sent some mail on the back of a flyer. We'd done a mail out and it said on the back in like black, like murderous ink, Pure Wisdom or Pure Evil, question mark, question mark. You know, and I felt like I was in one of those like murder mystery Hollywood movies where it's like they, they got the magazine and they cut out little letters from each one. Yeah, yeah, you know, bodyguard. People, there was well, at least one person in our community that, hated our guts and you know Sarah's like oh my gosh you know I was like babe it just goes to show where we're making a difference in mm-hmm, the world mm-hmm. and it's not always a difference that we want but um you can't get 100% satisfaction from people 100% of the time Absolutely. and um you know I love don't get me wrong I love the feedback and whenever I meet people in real life I want to know have they listened to the podcast and what impact has it had on them? But I actually just want to know that so that I know that people are listening and they're enjoying it. Um, it's not it's definitely not an ego stroke because it, my view is that ego gets in the way of performance mm. um, and particularly with, you know, events that we do and all the rest of it. The moment you sit back and smell the roses um, with events, um, you drop the ball and you forget mm. a detail. You were there on the Sunday morning when I forgot – to put someone's slides up. Yeah. So Paul Thompson, who hosts yeah. the Barefoot Movement, I everyone's slides. I mean, there's 30 odd speakers or something over the course of the he weekend. Did so Paul well. Paul, yeah. Who's there for his very first wellness summit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he did so he's, well. he's done all the work for me. He's given me the slides, and clearly, what had happened was I'd got them all ready, and someone had come up to me and said, "Marcus, can you do this? I've left my desk, gone and done it, come back and gone on to the next thing." I introduced Paul Thompson. Everyone, Paul Thompson from the Barefoot Movement. Bang! He goes to play slides, and there's nothing there. And then I've got to say to Paul, like in front of everyone as well, yeah. mate, you just got to like. He was a just, very cool cat about it. Just go for it. Just just make stuff <laughs> up for two minutes. 
whilst I get your slides up. And two minutes of 10 on a very oh, strict uh, schedule. Yeah, yes. well, I kind of said to the timekeepers, <laughs> just make sure you give him the extra two minutes because, you know, this isn't in his script. Yeah. Um, because, you know, performance can can um, – you've always got to be on the ball. Yeah. And so, I yeah, I tend to – I love the feedback. I know this is a very long answer. Yeah. I do love the feedback. <laughs> it's a beautiful answer. But, yeah, I don't yes. like buying into it too much yes. because um, – you know, you can get all the feedback in the world and you come home and the kids are crying and your, your, your wife's tired and, you know, she needs help with the kids and... Yeah, um, I know exactly where you're at. <laughs> you know that. So I don't, I just don't buy into it because otherwise you get home and you go, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Everyone loves me. They think my podcast <laughs> is awesome and I've changed their lives and how dare you blame me for forgetting to get the milk on the way home. And it's like, well, you know. I'm so uh, more important than the milk. Yeah. Well, your, family, your family is like, you know. Yeah. So it's it's really. And it's yeah, beautiful. It's yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, you mentioned doing a bunch of different degrees and stuff like that. And I actually had a, had written myself a note in green permo because I love to write my, you know, my dot points in permanent marker on like hardboard. That's just my Virgo, you know, super clear boxes, all that kind of stuff. So tell us about, end with telling me about your email signature because it doesn't say I am A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and bow at my feet. It says that you have <laughs> an angel of a wife. I just love it. I love it. my email now, Compose. Yeah. I said. <laughs> Director at the Wellness Couch Podcast Network, founder, exceptional, love, blueprint, thought leader, podcaster, former TV and radio journalist, dad of three, husband of an angel sent from heaven, Mad Demons fan. People do love that <laughs> husband of an angel sent from heaven, don't they? Yeah. I love I it. Get, I do get two or three people a year say, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. But, um, all of that other stuff wouldn't be easy. And it would be it would be somewhat unfulfilling. Uh, as I you know, as I read that, I should probably put those husband of an angel sent from heaven, dad of three, and then Mad Demons fan should go third before all of those other things. <laughs> the priorities. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but, but anyway, yeah. Sorry, so you had a question about that? No. Oh well, I don't know. I just, I love it. I love it. So when you send me an email, right, you always make me smile. I, I've got like, hey, Mel, hope you're flying. And that just picks me up right straight away. And then you, whatever's in the email, it doesn't matter so because you. You're asking me, you're opening up a can of worms yeah. here. Well, you Don't re- get me started on email. <laughs> you uh, injected positivity into my life in two seconds flat instead of the regular emails that you get, you know, hey, Mel, this is bad. This, this yeah. is wrong. Well, not even a hey, Mel. Blah, blah, just, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Please do this. I haven't got person. my program yet. The you know your oh, website charged me this. And then I read. Then I read your signature and I smile again. And I just I love that you're injecting positivity into people's life. And that's why I called you a perpetual positive force. And I want to end with that because you know we've been up and down and all over the place in this podcast, which I freaking love. I love an organic <laughs> conversation. Mm-hmm. But that positivity, is that something that's always come natural to you? Or, you well, know? you know, it's interesting you say this, but uh, I used to be um, I used to be uh, more fake positive, mm-hmm. if, if that mm-hmm. sounds, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But some people would think I am just insanely positive. But uh, I'd like to think that I'm insanely real. I'll tell you if things are, if things are average or I'm in struggleville or whatever. Yeah. Um, but... Um, 
I'll tell you if things are down, but I definitely won't whinge and moan. I'll, I'll vent to Sarah if things are getting me down um, or frustrating me or the rest of it. But, you know, I think with um, I think Martini taught me a lot, uh, mm-hmm. definitely taught me a lot. There's two sides of the coin, you know, positive mm-hmm. and negative. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's heads and tails. So you can't be positive all the time. You, if you are, you're hiding all your negative stuff. Absolutely. And, and how is that being or where is that being projected? Um you know, I used to be full on vegan, uh, and it's like, well, okay, if you're full on plant based, then you've suppressed the. You, you, you're all east. You've suppressed the west, so to speak. You're all plants. Um, mm. You're all herbivore. There's no carnivore. There's where's the where's the balance? Um, you're all one way, uh, and a lot of people are addicted to being happy all the time. Or you know, I just I just ask listeners. You know, look at your language patterns. Do you use the word always a lot? Um, is it is something you know just yeah, is it constantly? Is it? Do you want things to be the same all the time? And if they're not, does that really get you goat up? And life's just not, not meant to be that way. And I think this takes a bit of time, but I think when you can really uh, be at ease and at peace with the um, variation in the human experience, uh, you allow yourself to um, enjoy the range of human emotions and yes. human experiences and Embrace the fact that life includes birth and death, health and sickness, you know, wealth and um, poverty and, you know, everything in between. And I just think it's really important that we open ourselves up to the breadth of the human experience because sadly so many people, and again through social media and just and traditional media, they're, they're obsessed with a one-sided life. Um mm. And the beauty of life doesn't live in, in, in one side. It doesn't it doesn't live in um, in holidays and leisure time and your sunflowers. You know, sunflowers, are, yes, that photo and green <laughs> juices and smoothies and it lives in how you actually respond Absolutely. to the average times. Like yeah, you're in a sunflower field as we were in mm. Europe and someone gets stung by a bee and the other one's crying and it's all going pear shaped and you just want to get this photo so you can get out of the sunflower field because and put it it's on all Facebook. Just, yeah, all of that stuff. And it's just, oh, gee whiz, you know. So um, I think it's just Balance. it's important to appreciate that life wasn't made to be all all um, one side. And I think if you know if that does if that does resonate for people, I think D Martini is very good at opening that up. Yep. But just reading, or reading people's autobiographies, you know, reading Mandela, reading Branson, or reading the people that you put up on a pedestal and. And see the tough stuff that happens the in their life, life and you realise that their life is not all strawberries and chocolates. Like yeah. it's just um, <clears throat> there's heaps of other stuff going on in the background. I love it. I love it. I think that's a perfect, perfect kind of um, thought to end. And on. if I ever, if I ever get big on social media, it's only going to be when I get someone else to record my life because. <laughs> Like, I can't be bothered. Like, again, at the market this morning, I was like, if I was all Insta-famous, I'd get a photo of me in my jacket and my poor, funny clothes and in the rain and go, look how committed I am to my health because I'm at the market and it's raining and no one else is here and, you know, I'm the best, you know, all the rest of it. Um, And that's just a lot of crap. But instead you you took that and made positive connections with your family rather than a bunch of strangers. Yeah. Sorry, I missed the start of the question. What was oh, that? You took that that you took that experience in that photo, and you made a positive connection with your family rather than strangers. 
you sent yeah, it to your sisters yes. and your wife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you still, yeah. you know, you can still laugh at yourself and enjoy that, but with, with the people who are your people, you know, yeah. those connections yeah. that, yeah, that tribe and you've, that's part of their culture that you've formed with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So, Yes, anyway, I better stop talking. Thank you. (laughs) I think that's beautiful and perfect. Thank you so much for your time coming on the cast today. I know you're a very busy man. Um, I so appreciate it, and I know that my listeners will love love hearing your voice on The Naked Naturopath. Cool. Thanks for having me, Mel. All the best, and well done again on what you're doing. Just incredible. All right. Bye for now, guys. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mal and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia, and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mal or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.